1: Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang, right out the gate, I want to apologize for missing a couple days. I know I'm behind, Um, you know, to be completely honest with you, as we are approaching, counting this episode, we've got two weeks left before the season finale, and I'm just getting burned out. I'm getting tired. I'm, I'm just, there's a lot of on my plate, the seasonal holiday crap that goes along with it. And I just didn't have the motivation. So I was sitting there. I was talking to my best friend, Russo, Alan Russo, and uh, we both agreed it would be fun to have him come back on. I'm not even sure if he's actually ever been on this show. I mean, we've podcasted together many times, but not I don't think on this podcast. So I have him on. So let's go ahead and just cut right to the chase, cut out all the chufa, and welcome my best friend, Alan Russo. Welcome, sir.
0: Thank you, thank
1: you, thank you. So, what we're going to do here, well, well, what we do here on My Public Life as an American Nerd is we tackle everything nerdy, whether it be uh, movie news, cartoons, series, comic book, and typically I have a, a toy of the week, but I know how we talk, so there might not be a toy of the week this week. Eh, it just so happens. But, you know, we get to BS a little bit, and, you know, at it, it, I think it'll come through more for the listener uh, than just me sitting here, reading the articles, wanting to get through the, the, the conversation to myself, basically, um, with you along. Of course. So <laughs> for people that have not been following along, Alan Russo is my best friend. I've known him since March of 20. No, I was going to say 20. No, 2000. is what
0: yeah, I mean. yeah. Yeah. 2000. So- 20 years.
1: I was going to say, we're pushing 21 years now.
0: Yep, 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 yep.
1: So, uh, we've done many endeavors together, uh, as far as from writing movies to comic books to mergers to books to production. You name it, we've done it in the last 21 years.
0: No kidding. I I don't think there's anything we haven't tackled in the last 21 years.
1: That's true. Um... Well, one thing we've never talked – we've talked about it. We've chatted because, uh, again, people that don't know uh, can go to IMDB and you can find him. It's L. Allen Russo Jr. is his actual full legal name. He's under the movies that he's done. And he's he's got a a cult following and I'm not even sure how it, it came into a cult following, but he legitimately has a cult following for movies. And we've talked about his movies. You know, we've talked about doing movies together and we've talked about reboots, but I don't know if we've actually sat down and had a serious conversation about reboots. What kind of movie would you want to reboot?
0: I don't know i mean honestly as many movies that have been rebooted yeah i mean it, it you can't i don't know it's it's hard because all the good ones have been rebooted and all the good ones have sucked <laughs> i mean i'm just being honest
1: well i guess that opens the door to my first topic which i told them that Uh, Right before we push record, I told him I said I had a a topic that he doesn't even know about that I'm going to hit him with. Uh, You know Seth MacFarlane? You know who he is? Yes, I know Seth MacFarlane very well. Uh, Seth has gone on record to say, Revenge of the Nerds reboot in the works from Seth MacFarlane. I don't
0: know. It's Seth MacFarlane. It might be pretty funny. I mean, come on, look – I mean, look at him with, like, Family Guy. I mean, even, you know, some of those TV shows he's done, the movies he's done, they're funny.
1: Okay, let's see how this goes across. I've actually never read an article with uh, somebody on the line at the same time, so let's see what happens. It says – a Revenge of the Nerds reboot ends in the works for 20th Century Studios courtesy of family guy creator Seth MacFarlane. MacFarlane will be producing through his Fuzzy Door Production Company while twin brother Keith and Kenny Lucas, 21 Jump Street, will both be writing and starring in the reboot with Rick and Morty's oh sorry, Rick and Morty's Alex Rubens co-writing the script. Instead of trying to rethread the path of the original Revenge of the Nerds, which was aged pretty terribly, which I totally disagree, totally disagree. Yeah,
0: I did, I did definitely disagree with that.
1: This reboot will be taken from a page of 21 Jump Street, by taking a look at the tropes of the original from the modern, more modern perspective. In the case of Revenge of the Nerds, this new film will apparently pornicate. That's what it says. Pornicate above today's nerd culture and what even constitutes as geek in the 21st century, according to Variety. You can check out the synopsis for the original Revenge of the Nerds below. All right, let's see what the original synopsis is. When lovable nerds Gilbert, Anthony Edwards, and Lewis Robert Carradine embark on the freshman year of... Adam College, little do they realize that the dangers that await them. They are beset by taunting from the jocks of Alpha Beta Fraternity, which only worsens as the jocks accidentally burn down their house and toss the freshmen out of the freshman dorm. To make matters worse, more problematic, Lewis develops a crush on pretty Betty Childs, Julia Montgomery popular sorority sister, and quarterback's girlfriend, whoopsie, joined by apparently named my favorite character in the whole movie, played by the great Curtis Armstrong, yes, I'm improving higher. here, Booger, yes, that's right, Booger, without Booger, there would be no Revenge of the Nerds, and the violating plain Poindexter. The nerds soon realized that they must form, their own fraternity and self-destruction. So, soon the tables are turned as the nerds employ high-tech welfare against the jocks. But can they really succeed and make a difference? Now, yeah, I... I, I have you seen the 21 Jump Street? I mean, you and I are, are fairly in the same age bracket, and... Yeah. You were around for the original 21 Jump Street, right? With John- oh, yeah, of
0: course. With Johnny Depp and all that. Yeah, That was, was good. Um, now, did you see the remake? Yeah, I saw both of them, 21 and 22 Jump Street. No. With Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, yeah. What did you think? It wasn't bad. I think they forced too much comedy. Mm.
1: Yeah, because 21 Jump Street, from my recollection, wasn't a comedic show i mean it had funny bits but
0: no it was more of the it was your your 80s cop drama is what it was yes and i mean don't get me wrong the movie had it but they forced way too much comedy for something that didn't have comedy originally
1: so that's what they're saying is they're going to take that approach to revenge of the nerds do you think
0: because revenge of the nerds was funny and that actually, ha- that was actually comedic to begin with. Right. So I think, more than likely, I think they're going to elevate it to another level.
1: Now, what I think they should do is, you know, take a page out of, like, Saved by the Bell, but not make it so PC. And, you know, bring bring back Booger. Make him, a, like, a, a professor, you know, a university professor, you know? Oh,
0: that would be good. That would be good. That would be good. <laughs> I think everybody's favorite character was Booger. <laughs> <What is that?
1: laughs> ah. Oh yeah. You know what? Uh, what was it? What movie what year did that come out? Uh, do you remember? The Revenge of the eighty
0: two, eighty three, I might be off by a couple of years. Let's see.
1: Yeah, because I learned a lot eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. <laughs> same <laughs> year for all. Same years as Nightmare on Elm Street came out. So I wouldn't off. Oh, okay. Uh, that didn't do bad at all. Uh, for 1984, it grossed, uh, let's see, it grossed 40874452 Um, For 1984, that's actually really good. So are you interested in seeing this? I mean, I, I'm... If they I don't know, I am scared because Revenge of the Nerds is one of those movies It's a classic. It, it, well that it's a coming of age movie. Yeah. You know, and I know that, you know, the younger listeners that are listening to us right now, they, they don't really grasp what, what, what we're saying, but when that movie came out, it was kind of a, a, a vital time in our age group of of kids, as male kids at that. And, you know, that's, that's the way it looked, for me anyway. That's the way I look upon it. Um, I don't know if they're going to have that same gravitas with this reboot.
0: I, I don't think so. I mean, just for the simple fact that you got to look at it from this perspective. Look at the computers they used in the original movie and all the stuff they come up with electronically. That shit didn't come out for, what, another ten years? yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's like where did they come up with this crap and it's like but at the same time it worked it did i mean that was the whole point about being a nerd you created something that wasn't there to begin with and you know from there it went forward and it's like oh well i can see where they're using it at now
1: yeah completely um one of my favorite scenes actually was towards the end when they had the talent show, and uh, they, they kind of, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Devo. They, they took that whole yeah. look from and it. it was just like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then they did the whole keyboard and all. Yeah, that was like one of the best. That was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, and I can't believe it spawned as many sequels. Uh, how
1: many do How many? Gene.
0: I think there's like th- I know at least three. I know there's three. Yeah, I've seen all three. <laughs> I think there's actually four total.
1: Because uh, ogre, remember the the jock ogre, the the duck. right. He, yeah, he becomes a nerd. Yeah, he does. I, was is it? It's the end of the part one or part two? He becomes a nerd somewhere.
0: Might be part two.
1: And then in part three, is pretty much about him as yeah so maybe yeah um so here's a question going into your and this is a total segue by the way just just to throw that out there so there's no (laughs) like you don't really have to give it a super amount of thought i know that you've been talking about writing a new script and and doing some type of production with the covid you know covid19 what right. for you? What has has it put a damper on it? Has it made you more determined to finish it, or have you just kind of because again because of COVID nineteen have you just thrown your hands up and said forget it? What where are you at with
0: that? Right now, I'm just pretty much put it on hold and just we're going to take it from there. Just for the simple fact that I mean, protection schedules and everything else, it's a pain. In the it's a pain in the butt.
1: It is. It really is. I, I totally agree and understand that because of PCE, I, I totally understand. Um, the reason I bring this up, and of course, it's a segue, is that now you are in the state of uh, state of Arkansas. I'm in the state of California. Arkansas. Well, does Arkansas even have any theaters that are open, or is it Texas mainly? Um,
0: I don't. I think the I think the only one that's Open right now is the one in Texas, but I don't even know if that one's open. Most of them that I think that I I can think of are closed
1: because you know a lot of people are talking about how bad the movie industry is hurting right now. Because obviously, I haven't personally been in a movie theater since February, no, maybe at the end of January was like the last time. I went to a movie. So I haven't been to a movie in like 11 months, almost 12 months. And that is, you know, that's not just me. That's pretty much everybody in the state of California and, you know, the United States nationwide. So you can imagine how hard of a, a a financial crunch things are happening. Like, you know, people are uh, like the heads, the CEOs are moving things to, for example, they're moving Wonder Woman 1984 to HBO Max because there's no theater to play it, right? And you know, there's there's right. There's they're doing all this stuff to try to recoup money. They're putting it out on early, you know, and they're putting the movie out on early, but it's going to cost you 20 bucks to see a movie once, you know, on, you know, like on streaming services with like Amazon Prime. So, with all that said, because of the COVID nineteen and because of the moving, the, moving movies to streaming, there's an article that released today that Warner Brothers is looking at losing one point two billion dollars because they're moving all their their new releases
0: to H H&M. to streaming. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you got to think it's. You you look at it from a point of view of that I've got to look at. If you put it all on streaming, well, you're only going to make so much on streaming services. Right. That's it. You know, as long as they're as long as they're keep as long as people are watching it, they're going to keep throwing money at it. No big deal. People quit watching it. Viewership slows down. They're not throwing the money at you every month because the people aren't watching it. But new releases. They're going to throw the money at the studios, they're going to release it, a couple months down the road, everybody's seen it, nobody's going to want to watch it. Right. You know, it's not like when it goes to theaters first. It goes to theaters first, it stays a couple of months, then you have to wait a few more months for it to hit video, or, you know, and then, once it hits video, then you have to wait another month or two for a streaming service. Right. Whether it be HBO Max, or Disney Plus, whatever, it doesn't really matter. So, you've got that timeline where you're making that much more money. Because you do three months at the theaters at ten bucks in a head. You know, opening weekend across the world, you're talking, what, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 million bucks? Easily. Easily. easy, yeah, Especially if it's a good movie. Because they
1: consider, like, you know, what was it, uh... Oh, I'm trying to think. Was it the last Avengers one in game? I think what did they make? They made like half a billion dollars in the opening week or something like that, you know? Right. It was the second
0: highest grossing comic book movie in the world. The only thing that beat them out was The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Really? I did not know that. <laughs> by like by like 100 million bucks. Really? Yeah why is beyond me
1: yeah i've actually i've gone on record here on the show and and it's like no right well i mean hashtag
0: yeah it's like the most anticipated movie of 2020 isn't even being released now and that was top gun maverick
1: yeah they moved it huh what are they they're moving it to a win (laughs)
0: Initially, it was June of 2020. Then they pushed it back to December of 2020. Now it's like June, Ju- June or July of 2021. Right.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I, I... they don't want to release it on the streaming services. They want a theatrical release for that movie. Right. And so that's and they've said it. They want to hold on to it till they get a theatrical release.
1: Well yeah, because you got to think about it. they're
0: they're paying for jets, you know. <laughs> they got to right. get their money back. Exactly. But I mean, look at people of our age group that grew up watching that movie that wanted to be fighter pilots when we were kids.
1: And then you found out you had bad eyes and you're screwed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you were too tall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, goodness. Uh, Okay, so let me jump into this uh, real fast and see what it says. It says, Warner Brothers may lose over $1.2 billion due to the HBO Max move. The controversial decision to shift all 2021 Warner Brothers movies onto HBO Max could have significantly costly consequences for Warner Media. See, I didn't realize that they're moving all the releases. That says a lot about the market.
0: It does. It really does. I mean, but you've got to look at, you know, and I think what a lot of places are going is streaming services. I mean, why not? Release it, throw it on a streaming service, you're done. People are going to eat that up. They don't have to go anywhere.
1: Yeah, but the only thing I see within streaming, now, I like tactile things. Obviously, that's why I have a huge Blu-ray collection, is when you see it on TV – you know, and you rent it on you know your your streaming service. What that kind of lessens the opportunity for home video, don't you think? The home video part of the market is going to crash.
0: I don't think so. I mean, Netflix really. You know, Netflix, Disney Plus. It really had not hurt the video market. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people like us that you know, we I prefer myself physical media. Yes. Because if the services go down, if they crash for whatever reason, I want to go to my favorite movie. It's on my shelf. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. When the when the, you know when the second wave of the zombie apocalypse hits. Exactly. You know, I can still watch a
0: DVD. I might have to open up to a car battery somewhere, but you know, hey.
1: Hey, you know, you got you got entertainment. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, let's see what it says. It says the decision by to call, given all. 2021 Warner Brother movies simultaneously released in theaters and on HBO Max. Okay, so they are going to release it to whatever theaters open. Right. <laughs> Which is – now, one, one thing is cool, and I'm, I don't know. I, I eh, We actually have a drive-in in Barstow, an old-fashioned drive-in that's opening again. So I wonder if it's well if it goes out there, we might actually make the trip to Barstow and, and watch it on the screen. And, the,
0: and here's one thing I've noticed here lately. Drive drive ins have actually made a comeback due to COVID nineteen. There's been several that have been closed down for years and they actually reopened them. Just I mean, they're showing older movies right. that you know you can go get on D V D, you know, anywhere. You know, they're actually using physical media, but that's actual – you know, you're actually – they're actual drive-in movies. That's like – there's one in Texas. It's like a three-hour drive from my house.
1: When we were out there uh, on vacation in July, we were driving around Prescott in that open area where the old drive-in used to be. I was like, imagine the revenue that – and I think I was telling you about this too – yeah about, yeah about the revenue that could literally you could just you know put it in a projector and project it it doesn't it wouldn't even need to be a new movie people no. are just hungry for getting out of the house and being entertained and not have to worry about contracting covid-19 so i think exactly i think something like that it, yeah i totally see it making a big especially right. if this if this shenanigans runs into next year, which we all see it happening, um, I see a bigger uh, escalation of pop-up movie theaters in drive in. Oh yeah.
0: Well, you got to think though. You know, drive-ins are making a big comeback because of COVID-19. But at the same time, look at us. You know, we grew up with the drive-in. Oh heck yeah. I mean, yeah. You had the physical theater you could go to. You know, 20 minutes away. You had a drive-in that was 10 minutes away. 90% of the time, when we were kids, you go to the drive-in, $5 a carload. Yeah. Load up as many. You know, you loaded up the whole station wagon full of people when you went to the drive-in.
1: Start loading people in the trunk.
0: You actually did that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You show up in a van, you know. To one of those old Econoline vans that had held like 15 people.
1: Yeah.
0: Five bucks a carload, and everybody gets out and scatters
1: everywhere. One for Ghostbusters, please. One. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you're all twenty we'll people get out of the van. Looks like a bunch of Mexicans
1: Bring out your lawn chairs. Good times. <laughs> okay, let's jump back into this. Uh, a new report, courtesy of the Moffat Nathanson. I'm going to go with that. Should suggest suggests that this release plan will cost Warner Brothers $1.2 billion, though other movie studio projects that the losses will be even greater. The estimate of the dependent on how the, the theatrical moviegoers recovers during 2021 once the vaccine for COVID-19 becomes widespread among the general populace. Yeah, I, I, I kind of see that. I mean... Uh-huh. I don't know, because okay, granted, you have to get past. Yes, there's going to be, you know, we, we're in the the verge of having national vaccine for everybody. But even after that, right. there's still going to be that. I mean, there's just people that are actually just terrified to have to be out in public. So right. I I don't know if the the market, the theater goer, the movie goer. In walk in movies,
0: I don't think it's going to recover that quick. I really don't. I don't either. I mean, you know, you're talking. Most people aren't. They're, they're going to be leery about getting out, even with the vaccine. Because, you know, yeah, they might have had the vaccine, but do they still want to chance it? Right. Because not the people don't know if the vaccine's even going to work. Just, you know, my opinion. Right. You know, healthcare, well, we have no choice. It's. You know, take it or, Quit. you know, get COVID. <laughs> one or two. You know? Yeah. It's take your chance with the vaccine or take your chances on not getting catching COVID. Either way, your chances are 50-50.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. The quote that we have from uh, a big wig here is most people think Exhibition will be doing very well in the latter half of 2021. Observer Jonathan Fitman, president of the National Association of Movie Owners, maybe they won't be doing record numbers, but they'll probably be back to profitable business operations. This new release pattern will begin with Wonder Woman 1984 on December 25th. Warner Media films will be available for their first month at HBO Max while also screening in theaters. <laughs> Following the first month, each film will only be available in domestic and international theaters. 2021, Warner Brothers titles going through the route include Dune and Suicide Squad. I want to see Dune. Oh my God. Have, did you, have you seen
0: the trailer? No, I have not seen a trailer for that yet. Oh, dude. The original was good.
1: Yes, I, I, uh, because I thought it was coming out soon. I actually went and bought a new copy of Dune, the actual book Dune. Right. So I'm gonna have to like set and hit it hard before this comes out because now it's because I was figuring it was probably gonna come out in like 2022 because it got set back, but they're saying they're gonna put it out next year, just through HBO Max. So there you
0: go. Huh. Well, it's like you know the new standard just come out. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm debating. I'm... They dropped the first episode already. Have they? Yes. It dropped yesterday. Really? Yeah, I didn't think it was supposed to drop until Monday.
1: I didn't think it was supposed to drop until Saturday. Yeah, apparently it dropped yesterday. I will have to look after we get done talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know me. Uh, again, you've known me for almost 21 years. You know how much I, I love the stand... And, uh, I just, I just hope it's not 2025, I guess is the best way to put it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I've seen some reviews from people that have actually say it, and they say it's horrible. But, I mean, you know, it's up to interpretation. Right. Well,
1: yeah, fingers crossed, because it's, uh... That's something I really want to see. Um, as we close out this article, it does. I do want to add in, it says, This strategy has been drawn increasingly criticism on the number of fronts, with some citing its potential adverse impact on major theater chains like AMC Theaters. Additionally, filmmakers including Zack Snyder, Dennis Nueve, and Christopher Nolan have also been vocal in their disagreements with this move. Now, I, can, I, I don't know because – I don't know. That's kind of a hard one to say because I know, for example, um, and that's kind of what brought me to know HBO Max, is they're, they're coming out with the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Right. Which is what I'm being told is a completely different movie than what we saw from uh, Joss Whedon. Yeah.
0: honestly, what I was what I was reading I was actually reading on that. The Zack Schneider cut. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty much ninety percent of the Zack Snyder cut is what you actually saw in theaters. Really? Yeah. He just wasn't done with it. He just wanted to, he wanted to add a few more scenes and that was it. He was pretty much done.
1: Well, I know originally before again, before COVID hit, it was supposed to be re released in movie theaters. As, you know, as the Zack Snyder cut. So I can kind of see him because he, I'm sure he's got part of a back-end deal, you know, for how many points on the back-end that he gets paid if it were to go right. and hit the movie theaters. But now since it's not hitting movie theaters, it's just going straight to HBO Max, his back-end numbers are, are going to be really low.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, but that's anybody, you know, you, you're wanting those theater numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the the theater numbers is where you're going to make your most money, because you know HBO Max, you know Netflix, Disney Plus, you know uh, Hulu, all of them, they're going to give you a percentage of whatever. Right. So let's say they release your show, your movie, whatever, on their on their network, and say. Say Shutter Exclusive or Hulu Exclusive, whatever. They're only going to give you so much of a percentage of their overall profits for your release. Right, and it's going to be up. So high. you might only get, and you might only get a half a percent, but that's per person that has watched the movie. Right, and that's where the kicker is. So if nobody watches it, you don't get that half a percent. Right, as
1: where if. With theater distribution, the theater owners purchase the movie, and that's where the money comes from into the box office. So regardless if it's a great movie or not, if it's purchased through the theater, through the distribution chain, that's where the back half points come from. A lot of people don't even realize that going to the movies is sole profit – well, once they they make that money back from purchasing from the distribution chain, the theater, that's all profit towards the movie theater. None of that move, none of the money that's seen in the box office, actually goes to the studios. It's all profit
0: on the movie theater, and a lot of people don't. Oh. Well, there there are certain there are certain things like once the like the way it's set up is like now anyway is they lease the movie from the studio yeah so they don't buy it anymore they lease it so once the studio once they lease it for a certain amount of time the studio owns all the rights and they get all the money from you know they actually make the studios actually make the money in the long run. Oh yeah. Because well yeah because- you know yeah because they get a percentage of all ticket sales. And that's part of the lease part the lease purchase part of it. They lease it, they get you know they can show it in their theaters for however long as long as their lease is up but the percentage of the ticket sales go back to the studio and the other percent goes back to the movie theater. Interesting, and that's where a lot of, and that's where people don't. That's what people don't see. So what? That's why mean? they say that. That's why they say when a movie makes a hundred million dollars, well, out of that hundred million dollars, maybe seventy-five million goes to the studio. The other twenty-five million actually goes toward the uh, theater box office. Right okay so like if AM, like with amc you know they've got theaters all around the world
1: yeah i have an AMC right down the road that's that's where we go to is an amc theater
0: right see i use cinemark
1: yeah the no this is a long time ago when uh when you were here back in 2013 and iron man came out remember that right that theater now is an amc so huh. it's, like, right there. and Right. Yeah. It's uh, So, yeah, I get you. I get you.
0: Right. You know, and then, of course, AMC makes so much money, and then the rest of it goes back to the studio. Like Cinemark. Cinemark does the same thing. You know, they get so much money, and everything else goes back to the studio. But when Cinemark purchases that movie, it goes to every Cinemark, not just one or two.
1: Okay. We're going to jump to another topic here. Um now, Russo is a Star Wars fan, but oddly enough, he has never watched an episode. No, you actually watched one episode, right? I watched two. You've watched two? <laughs> watched two. Two episodes of Mandalorian. Um, and within the last week, and I, I couldn't find the actual announcement, but because the Mandalorian is doing so well, they're actually going to do a spinoff off Uh, series and um first what do you think about that that a one show is because it makes me think of walking dead the walking dead was doing so good they they made a spinoff fear of the walking dead and now it feels like they're focusing more on fear of the walking dead than the actual original show it's like it's taken away do you think that will happen with this mandalorian
0: it's possible I mean, and if you actually go back to one of the original articles that I've read, not only are they doing a spinoff of The Mandalorian, but they're also doing Kenobi. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they're doing uh, another uh, Darth Vader spinoff, yeah. another Han spinoff, a Chewbacca spinoff. They're trying to tie everything together before you get, you know, they're trying to bring all that together. Right. Well, because, I think you know, that's where, uh,
1: well, we're diving into Star Wars, so it don't matter. Um. I I think that's, they're realizing that is where the moneymaker is, is with those characters. I mean, granted, the Mandalorian storyline, that was, uh, it was amazingly successful. No one was expecting it because you're not implementing, I mean, you are putting, you know, characters from the Star Wars universe into it, but it's not centered around characters that you already know. They're two brand new characters. Right. But the money is in with Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, C-3PO, R2-D2, you know, uh, Vader. Which, to jump back to um, what you said about Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, um, I was going to mention this, but we're getting low on time, so I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out since you brought it up. Um, Hayden Christensen has confirmed to return as uh, – it's probably going to be – you know, him just in the suit or maybe flashback shots, but he will be Darth Vader, Anakin uh, Skywalker in the Kenobi movie.
0: Right. Well, see, from what I was looking at with the Kenobi movie, it's supposed to fill in parts that the prequels didn't. So, you know, it's supposed to add to the prequels. So, uh, I
1: went and I actually... I think I showed you, didn't I? I, uh, I actually went to Barnes & Noble's with the girls and, and bought the book Kenobi. Right. I can't
0: wait to get some free time and read it. <laughs> I mean, but Star Wars is a huge franchise. No matter what, no matter what you do, Star Wars is a huge franchise. Uh, I mean... Go ahead. And yeah. I think that's the reason The Mandalorian was such a huge hit. But on top of that, they also introduced the child. Or Groku, as he's known now. Robu. Or, as he was originally known, Baby Yoda.
1: Baby Yoda, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you know, but with that, and I think that's the reason why everybody gravitated toward the Mandalorian so much. is Because they wanted to know who Baby Yoda was.
1: And that's it. We still don't know. At this right. point. And we are getting close to the end of Season 2. Just by right. time frame, we're getting close to the end of season two, so and we don't know. We we don't know. We
0: don't know much
1: other than his right. name. Now.
0: Right, but you don't know much about Yoda's species either, other than the fact that they live to be almost nine hundred years old.
1: Right.
0: So other than that, there's and there's only one other known Yoda species to be alive through the whole Star Wars. You know up to this point the the female right um, the female that was in the council Yaddle Yaddle okay. yeah. yeah those two are the only you know two other than Groku that are known uh, you know that's the only two known uh, species besides, you know those are the only ones that are known in the Star Wars universe right all right,
1: I'm going to hit you with this one. Um, it says, Star Wars Pedro Pascal, which is actual The Mandalorian, that's him, uh, expects to join the, the Mandalorian spin-off. Mandalorian star Pedro Pascal believes that Din Djarin will appear in recently announced Disney Plus series of Asoka. As- I can never pronounce her name right, and Rangers of the New Republic. That's the name of the new show that's coming out. It says, Star Wars fans could be getting a lot more of the Mandalorian Tectacular bounty hunter should Pedro Pascal get his way. The actor hopes that his galaxy-trotting Dindajan plays a role of some sort in the newly announced Star Wars spinoff for Disney+, Plus. telling comicbook.com that he, in quotations, has to be in them. Pascal believes it would do fans a disservice if Disney were to keep Mando from appearing on a recently announced Ashko, Ashka – Ashka – Ashka. Good God. I just realized what character they're we talking about. Ashka. The Jedi, the, the one that um, – oh. oh my god. What's her name? Um, she was in uh, – Clark's two um, Rosario Dawson. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, she, she played Oscar, uh, the, the Jedi, the female Jedi. Okay. So that just, it, it just clicked in my head who she was, who they're talking about. Uh, so recently announced Oscar Rangers, the new Republic show, which both take place during the timeline of the Mandal- Mandalorian. Um, It says, how could you not? He said, this is like this is something that's so much bigger than all of us. And we're all a passenger to it in a way, in a great way. And so I find out as it is decided and shared with additional seasons of The Mandalorian already in the works, Disney has remained quiet on whether Pascal's Dunjaren will ever jump ship to another series, which would I think would be a bad idea. Because then you're oversaturating the market with one character. They did that with Wolverine, remember? Yeah, they and then, did. And then Wolverine, everybody, everybody was like loving Wolverine, 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 Wolverine. They oversaturated him. They had him in the X Men, X Force, Avengers. You know, they had his own solo. Yeah. You know, he was dating Squirrel Girl. He was like, you know, every right. He was <laughs> yeah. X Force, Cable. I mean, it didn't matter. And then people got sick of him because he was everywhere. If you do that to uh, Pedro Pascal's character, the Mando, Mando um, I think that would be the same thing. I think people would be just like getting sick and tired of seeing him. The let you know, let them stick. Have them go ahead. Have them pop in from time to time.
0: You know, yeah, but not every single week. Oh no, no, no! Pop well, in from time to time. You know, let the storylines kind of run together. Crossover from time to time. time, to time. Yeah, like do like do certain crossovers. Like where it's not a complete crossover where they hint at one thing in one in like say the Mandalorian and they explain it in the other.
1: See that would be good. That would be a whole story. That would make sense. Right.
0: You're you're ta- you're taking two episodes, you know, two different episodes at the same time from two different shows making one storyline. I would I would be behind that right because like you've got mando doing one thing in this and he talks about this but they don't go into a whole lot of detail you go over to the other one and there you go there's the rest of the story
1: yeah uh it says last week the studio announced that it would be giving rodario's rosario dawson uh her own series after her appearance on the mandalorian in recent read recent episode which was absolutely great and the Jedi may soon return. Pascal hopes the Jaren will soon – will be given the same opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, why would they not – well, of course, they're going to keep that franchise going, the Mandalorian franchise. Right. But again – But why not do a spinoff? Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, like I said, you know, casual appearances, just to remind everybody that it's all the same mm-hmm. world, I, I would be down for that.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want to do like you did with, like, The Fear of the Walking Dead. You know, it, it It was a kind of a, it was a spinoff. You know, you had certain characters, and then it just went, those characters never saw each other again. I was like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You went off and completely left field, and yet, but it's the same timeline as The Walking Dead, but yet, certain things don't add up.
1: Yeah. Um. I just kind of gave up on the walking dead, to be honest with you.
0: I gave up on a long time ago. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, a little bit of serious news. We're still in, in the the realm of star Wars is, um, Jeremy Bullock, who is the original Boba Fett, which coincidentally, you're the one that told me (laughs) about it. (laughs) Um, He passed away today. Um, as we were, we were recording this on – what is this, a Thursday? Yeah. Thursday, yeah. So he passed away today, Thursday the, the 17th. Um, he was the original Boba Fett. Um, and it says Jeremy Bullock, who portrayed Boba Fett in the original Star Wars trilogy, has passed away according to the young Boba Fett actor Daniel Logan. Uh, it's Jeremy Bullock the man who brought Boba Fett to life in the original Star Wars trilogy has passed away Daniel Logan made the announcement on his Instagram account Logan portrayed a young Boba Fett in 2002's Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones it's and I don't know why he's yelling but I'm not going to yell it it says it brings me to tears to announce that Jeremy Bullock has passed away and it's all in, in caps that's what I'm saying I don't know why he's yelling um, and then it says, Logan wrote on his Instagram, know, while sharing a photo with himself and Bullock, RIP legend, I, I'll, I'll love you forever. Conventions won't be the same without you. May the Force be with you always. The official Star Wars Twitter account also posted a touching tribute to Boba Fett actor. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is it is sad. I mean, you know, it's... it's it is. You know, not only... I don't know, it just, it seems like the generation that built this franchise is just disappearing. You know, and I mean, obviously. Right. Because...
0: Well, I mean, we lost Carrie Fisher last year. Yes. Yep. And then him this year. And then... I mean... Don't forget, uh,
1: uh, the original Chewbacca, um... Oh, what's his name? I just... Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Crap! I can't think of his name.
1: Yeah, he passed away recently, too. So. Oh.
0: I can't remember. I can't remember either. But, I mean, you know, and that's sad that, you know, you look at it from that perspective that we're losing a lot of the older icons we grew up with
1: because I mean
0: and they're not that old they're not well I mean you know you're talking 60s 70s he was 75 72
1: I'm just telling you what how old he was no I didn't say I'm just scrolling through see that's the nice thing about having someone to talk to is usually I read the entire entire article well you know I read the entire article right but, you know, now I just get to read tidbits, talk about it, and, and keep going. So it's it's a little bit fun. Right. what I usually do. Uh, it does not say.
0: Um, I think the one that I sent you earlier said he was 75.
1: Yeah, I know. But, uh, I mean, again, it's... It, uh, I guess it's debatable.
0: <laughs> it is. But, I mean, you know, when you, when you look at it from... perspective of our age group you know it's they were our age when they became our idols
1: yeah that's true
0: i mean you know so and you know you look at it from that perspective it's like man we're getting old
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah yeah i I was gonna try to come no 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 i'm (laughs) getting old Zoe was we were we were on a, a three way call and Zoe was in her on her bunk bed and she's looking down, you know, where I sit in my office and she had the the iPad and she's looking down at me. And I was like, I'm getting a bald spot, dude. <sighs> like up here on the top of
0: my <laughs> head. Uh, hey, you've had a receding hairline for years. Oh
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I feel you. You know, I'm going bald myself. So, you know, <laughs> good times, good times. All oh right. yeah,
1: we can't get out of here until we tackle some comic book news. I mean, that's just like we have to. We we can overlook. Yeah. We can overlook like uh, TV series news. Well, no, well, not really. We actually covered TV series because we talked to Mandalorian. Um, we so the only thing we're really skipping over is the cartoons and toy of the week. But we got to hit the comic book news. And um, this one, I, I kind of talked to you a little bit briefly about it. You know, uh, Damian Wayne, who is... Um, do you remember the character Talia Ghul? Rasha, yep. Rasha Ghul's daughter, right? Well, right. her and Bruce Wayne had a kid. And the League of Shadows raised him. His name is Damian Wayne. And... They, what is it? It is, you can actually go watch this, even though it is comic book, you know, but you can go watch it in uh, cartoon form. It's uh, Batman versus Robin, I believe. And that's the story of of Damian Wayne. So anyway, Batman comes in, he rescues uh, Damian and he takes him in, obviously, because it's his kid and tries to teach him the ways of, you know. The Bat family, and eventually over time, he becomes, you know, he becomes Robin. He he's still, at first, he's really violent because that's the way he was taught with the League of Shadows. You know, just kill your enemy. Don't don't play with him. All right. And then now, as we're you know further like three four years into the future, he's he's starting to kind of chill out. Well, there's been concern that his character. Is starting to fade as far as popular, you know, because there's nothing really new that – because they brought him in on a high note. Now he's starting to come down. He's coming off that plateau. So – or no, he's actually coming into a plateau rather. So with all that said, trying to catch you up to speed (laughs) – Damian Wayne debuts a new non-Robin costume identity. So they've decided that, I guess, Damian Wayne is going to no longer be Batman and Robin. Well, like I was also telling you, is that Bruce Wayne is no longer Batman. It's Luke, Luke Fox or Lucas Fox. Right. So I guess it would make sense to get rid of his kid as robin which in hindsight for me as a writer i would make if if bruce wayne was like okay i'm done i can't do this no more you would think that the kid would take the cow
0: right well you would think but but you know you've got to look at it too you know he's been raised by the league of shadows he's got that violent temper you don't know what he's capable of if you release him as batman well that he's still too young (laughs) that too Okay, it
1: says, DC has released uh, a variant cover of Batman 106, which features Damian Wayne adopting a new costume and identity that isn't Robin. Okay, let's see what the news is. DC has released the variant cover of Batman 106, which features the new costume for Damian Wayne that bears no resemblance to his current Robin persona. The variant cover done by... Uh, Let's see. I'm going to go with Jorge Jimenez. Was released by DC Batman Twitter account with the caption Infinite Mysteries Batman 106, variant cover. It displayed the Bat family and Gotham City's villains assembled on the city's rooftop. Crouching next to Batman appears to be Damon Wayne in his slick black-gray costume minus the, si- the signature red, yellow, and green costume and hoodie. Okay. Let's see if I can find... Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, he, he's... I guess he's going into – oh, what is it? He's going into his teen years, and he looks very emo to me. Um, I'm going to text this over to you right now, actually, and we'll see how this does because I've never done an actual text like this while I'm recording. (laughs) So we'll see how that looks. Uh, That's him, obviously, down in front, he's all in black. Uh, Let's see. While you check that out, let me read a little bit more. Damian Wayne has had a falling out with his father, Bruce, and the Teen Titans team has formed at the beginning of DC Rebirth Era. era, Sorry. After being kicked out of the Teen Titans and seamlessly ditched his Robin identity, remaining Teen Titan members... Red Arrow, Kid Flash, Crush, and Roundhouse were recruited by Nightwing, which will lead into the Future State Teen Titans series running through the publisher's two-month Future State Intentive. Previous art, Future State Teen Titans shows a collection of dead DC heroes, such as Donna Troy, Wally West, with a separate teaser, introduces a new Nightwing wearing Deathstroke's mask. Ooh, The pages of Detective Comics has shown Damien stealing Batman's black case book in order to solve all the crimes his father couldn't, upstaging the Dark Knight in the process. As the characters assemble in Batman 106 variant stands with the Batman are Damien, Harley Quinn, Nightwing, Catwoman, Batwoman, Spoiler... Orphan and Signal. To their right and in the center of the image are Tim Fox, the Batman of DC Future State, the next Batman, Red Hood, Robin, Tim Drake, Oracle, and the Huntress. Behind them at the a distance to be the designer. Okay. Finally, the left side of the artwork showcases Joker, Punchline, Ghostmaker, a mystery character, and Grifter. Okay.
0: So what do you think? Eh, I think it's a little emo. But, you know, that's just me.
1: So you you agree? It's like an emo stage of Batman. Oh, yeah. Eh, eh,
0: eh, Well, I mean... More like, you know, because, I mean, he's supposed to be, what, Nightwing? I mean, come on. Well, Nightwing's right behind him. Oh, yeah, true. That, but I that's mean, you know, actual
1: Dick Grayson, Nightwing, right behind him.
0: Right, you know, but he he looks a lot like Nightwing. He really does.
1: He does. He does. So I wonder. I wonder why. I don't know. I, I'm just curious as to why they're they're separating his persona from Robin. <clears throat> And giving it back to Tim Drake. Well, I. <sighs> but they didn't say what his name was. Did they? I, I think.
0: No. I've, what I'm what I'm thinking is, I think he's just tired. You know, they're they're trying. They to want to rebrand him, I guess. Revitalize the character. Yeah, you know, quit making him a not really a sidekick, but more of a
1: main character.
0: Yeah, you know, he's no longer, you know, because now Bat, you know, Bruce Wayne is no longer Batman. It's Fox, so you know, well, he was already in his dad's shadow to begin with as Robin. So now that he's no longer under his dad's shadow, because his dad's no longer Batman, why not re? Why not rebrand him? Right, it would make sense to me. Absolutely. Give him a whole new character name, and then you can, and then you give him a new orc.
1: Give him his own title. He can, if he's a, if he's like teen, yeah. if he's a teen now, he can literally go in and do
0: his own adventures. and then you can also rebrand him as a new leader of the Teen Titans or whatever but you know whatever
1: yeah speaking of which fun note if you watch (laughs) Teen Titans Judas (laughs) Contract it's on Amazon Prime right now if you watch it there is an animated special appearance by Kevin Smith podcasting (laughs) it's yeah that I didn't know it is very entertaining (laughs) All right, gang, we are here at the almost the hour mark. I want to thank Alan for coming in and sitting down, doing a podcast, enjoying uh, just having a conversation. You know, like I said, normally it is just me going over the topics and covering the news and just kind of throwing it out there. And, you know, as I'm approaching the end of, of season, where am I, season four? Um I'm just, I'm, I'm out of my oomph right now. So you coming in really helped me get through the episode and and made it more enjoyable. And I think that will translate to the listeners as well. So thank you, my friend for coming in.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, man. It's always a pleasure working with you. You know that.
1: Well, thank you so much. All right, gang, come back next week as we click down to the second week left. We are going all the way to the end of December, and then once we roll over into January, I will be gone for at least six months, With but then I'll be back for Season 5. Hopefully when I come back for Season 5, I will be in a brand new house, new location, new setting. It'll be fun. So, for my public life as an American nerd, I am David K. Montoya. I'm Alan Russo. And as always, I bid you adieu.